start um, uh, to, to come to hear the, hear the word from, from Scripture, knowing that, wow, all of our hope comes completely from Him. Y'all, you don't have to come up with something today. You don't have to try to imagine something that's going to make you feel better. You don't, have to, you don't have to try to muster anything up. It is the goodness of God that, that He comes and, and just rests with us today. And, and it's the true goodness of God that He doesn't just come and rest with us. He comes and rests in us. That's the goodness of God. Wow, so good. Well, my name is Carl Blackburn, and uh, I get the blessing of doing campus ministry uh, at the Wesley Foundation. Um, I, I, a lot of y'all are familiar faces, and um, I'm so, I love you, Kathy. So good to see you. I talk about you all the time. Kathy Bradley. Yeah, Kathy Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. It's good. It's good. Um, it's true. It's true. Kathy's got some stories from her dad that are just jewels and gems that I share with students all the time. Kathy was one of our board members, and some, several of y'all have been on our board at Wesley, even before my time. Um, this is my seventh year at Wesley, and uh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. It's good um, to... Uh, Every day is a, is a new day with these men and women. Every year is a new year, and it feels like yesterday. So it's cool to, to, to I, I can resonate with this. I, my hope is in Jesus. My hope is in Jesus completely. Um, well, uh, we're continuing on in the series. This is week number two. And uh, so I want to just kind of jump right in with this question. Um, how many of you, uh, a little bit of an odd question, how many of you remember a time when either late at night or early in the morning when you tried to sneak out of your house uh, without being heard? Now, the context is, in my mind is mostly this, is those of you who uh, had a, a business trip, you either had to leave really late at night to go catch a red hour, or you had to get up really early in the morning. However, some of you, I know, some of you were like... You just thought of something. You went back into the books of your mind and said, oh my goodness, there's probably some confession. Even if you're in your 40s, you need to call your mom up and say, mom, listen, I'm sorry. I, I snuck out of the house one time. I shouldn't have done it. Any of those, any of you who are young, sneaking out of the house, you know, it's never really, never a good thing. So just kind of laying that out there for you. Um, those flashbacks can really get to you. Well, uh, my wife, Kristen, uh, we've been married for 21 years this August, and uh, she is just a super faithful, organized uh, chica, which is great, because not me. And uh, so she gets up at a uh, little before five almost every morning, especially during the week, to go work out at 180 Fitness. And the other day she came home and said, uh, she's just feeling a little dehydrated. I said, well, babe, why? And she said, well, she said, you know, um, our ice maker is so darn noisy, uh, and uh, I didn't want to wake up Lily, who's our three-year-old, whose little bedroom is right by our room. I didn't want to wake her up, so I decided not to get any water at all, and I just went on, and, and she came back uh, dehydrated. So, well, this morning, um, I uh, came up to Wesley a little before 6 o'clock because one of our mission teams was heading to New Orleans for our spring break mission this morning. So I, thinking of her wisdom, uh, was thinking, well, okay, uh, I'm not going to wake anybody up in the morning either, so I got my ice and water last night and put it in the refrigerator. You see? Kind of smart. Um, but, but, um, I had a crock pot and a uh, casserole dish that I needed to return to my friends at LifeSpring Church, which is where I, I normally attend worship. Um, and I needed to take it over to them this morning before coming over here. And so I put my man bag on my shoulder, grabbed the crock pot, grabbed the casserole dish, and had several other things in my hand while trying to unlock the front door. 
and, uh, and then successfully lock the front door back uh, as, I'm, as I'm leaving, and I, all, I almost lost it, y'all. I would have waken up the whole, woken up the whole house and my next-door neighbor, Merville Cumberbatch, from the Virgin Islands. It would have woken him up. But thankfully, I got, regained some balance, and it was, it was all good. It was all good. Sometimes we try to balance too much, don't we? Well, I want to uh, read a story to you. We want to talk a little bit about this other man uh, named Nicodemus uh, today, who uh, his life, uh, the, the story that we read um, from, from John chapter 3 is a little bit about a, a story where it was, uh, he snuck out uh, under the cover of darkness uh, in order to be able to encounter Jesus. Now, Nicodemus, um, if you read the scripture, he's a, he was a faithful Jewish leader. He was a Pharisee. In fact, he was a teacher of the law. But something about Jesus just really intrigued Nicodemus. He wanted to meet Jesus, but he was afraid of what others would think about him and if they saw him meeting him. So he said, well, okay, I'm going to sneak out and I'm going to see, try to meet Jesus in the cover of night so that no one will notice me meeting with Jesus. So he did. He snuck out. He had in mind the very same question that we're asking through this Lenten season. Who is this man, Jesus? With this question in mind, let's take a look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. The scripture will be up on, your, on the screen for you. This is from the NIV translation. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things? Well, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's true and it can be trusted. Nicodemus goes out under the cover of darkness to meet the one who will later call himself the light of the world. At the very least, Nicodemus is curious about who Jesus is, but there's got to be more than just simple curiosity going on here. I think that Nicodemus wants to believe in Jesus, maybe even become a disciple, but he isn't ready to come out and be seen with Jesus in the bright daylight. Think about it. Nicodemus says all the right things to Jesus. He calls him rabbi or teacher. He says that he knows Jesus has come from God. And he and others know that Jesus is only able to perform the signs that they've seen because of the power of God in him. Nicodemus says all the right things. The problem is, 
even though he knows Jesus to be all of these things, he's not yet taken the step to meet Jesus in the daylight and to make his relationship with Jesus public. One current writer draws a significant parallel between this text and our modern world. She writes, If any character from the Bible can be regarded as representative of 21st century church and its members, it might just be Nicodemus. Because he does exactly what we tend to do with our own faith. We separate it from the rest of our lives. We compartmentalize who we are at work or school or on Friday night in ways that allow us to do and to live the way we want to live and the things that we want to do and still claim to have faith in Jesus. We know how to act in the boardroom or in the classroom. We know how to act around friends or even know how to act at church. We know all the right answers. We know all the right things to say. We've memorized the Lord's Prayer, and perhaps we have a couple of verses that are kind of key life verses, or maybe the verses we learned from childhood, like John 3.16, or, or maybe Psalm 23. We show up some, we even give some, enough at least for us to feel like we've given our lives to Christ. When the truth is, though, we've only given part of ourselves to Christ. It's not that compartmentalized faith isn't faith. It's just not complete faith. It's not mature faith. Nicodemus is trying to make sure that we can be that he can be everything he, he already is, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, a leader of the people, but also be this secret disciple of Jesus Christ. The problem is, though, there is no such thing as a secret disciple. We either walk with Jesus in the light or we sneak around in the darkness because we think it might be embarrassing to be seen with Jesus or as a follower of Jesus. Or it might not be comfortable for others to know who we follow or what we believe in, who we serve. I think the main reason we walk in darkness, in the darkness that Nicodemus uh, walked in, is because we, just like him, are afraid of what we might lose if we choose to make our faith known. I think we're a lot like Nicodemus in this story. I think a lot of us are scared. We just live life scared on a daily basis. Knowing that allowing Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives means giving access to every part of who we are and realizing that this may mean we have to become something or someone different than who we currently are, and that scares the mess out of us. This is the kicker. If we choose to live in this kind of fear, we will always walk walk in darkness. 
we will always walk in darkness. But what possible good reason could there be to choose to live in fear and darkness? Y'all, come on. Somebody, somebody try to convince me that walking in fear and darkness feels good. That walking in fear and darkness somehow brings delight and joy and pleasure. I mean, somebody try to convince me of that. I don't, I don't think it's possible. Why would you and I not want to live fully into the awesomeness that the Creator has for us? I mean, that's, that is who He is. I, I have this conversation with students all the time about some key things in life, and one of them is, is about marriage and, I, I, and about dating people. I'm like, listen, why would you possibly want to date somebody or get married to somebody that is not God's best choice for you? I mean, come on, why would you want that? I mean, you can try to convince yourself all day long that he or she is the, is the best or, the, or the, the right person, but the reality is, why, why do you and I want to try to convince ourselves? Why not let Creator God, who created all things that are good, nothing that was created was created without him, John 1, 1 says about Jesus. Why, why, do, why, would, why, would, why do we do that? Living fully in his light will absolutely reveal the most amazing, creative, joy-giving life. So great that we can't even imagine, and I think that scares us a little bit. We like to see things right in front of us, and so when we, when we come to the imagination, you know, when we were kids, we loved imagination, but something happened along the way when we grew up, somebody told you you can't actually fly if you jump off that wall. <laughs> Um, you can't actually be Mary Poppins with an umbrella. It just doesn't work if you jump off that wall. It's just somewhere along the line, somebody tried to convince us that, that creativity was scary. But instead, man, look, take a look around, y'all. It's, spring is coming out. Oh, my goodness. The, 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 the masterpiece of God in creation, how he creates. Take a look around at each other. Y'all, listen, he doesn't make mistakes. You're masterpieces. I mean, take a look at even your worst flaw, and it's a masterpiece. Oh, my goodness. Who else can create that? Nobody. It's not happened yet. There's, there's been no successful cloning of all of those types of things yet. God's, God's a master. Why not choose to live in his light Doesn't that just sound better than living in fear and darkness? We only leave the darkness when we become followers of Christ first. Then dads, then moms, then husbands and wives and teachers and and, and lawyers and doctors and postal workers and Christ's followers first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. So Jesus tells Nicodemus that if he wants to see the kingdom of God, if he wants to come out of the darkness and into the light, that he has to be born anothen, is the Greek word, anothen. Now, anothen, interestingly, has two main meanings, and And Nicodemus could have gotten both of them, but it sounds from the text that he only got one. 
And it's that one that means to be born again. But the other meaning is to be born from above. Why did he miss that? Well, we, we get caught in our, our thinking the way we think, you know, and it's just like, man, something sounds too scary. We, we go to what sounds the most normal, even though that wouldn't have been normal. Nicodemus only catches the one meaning to be literally reborn. But what Jesus is getting at is that in order for Nicodemus and for you and me to see the kingdom of God, we have to have a spiritual rebirth and allow the spiritual rebirth to transform every part of our life. The way we work, the way we play, the way we treat our families, the way we teach our children. Coming into the light changes everything and that is as exhilarating as it is challenging. Sometimes we see the challenge first, and again, we let it scare us. Why not the joy, though? Why not the adventure? If you and I are honest with each other, even the hard times are better than the boring times. So who is Jesus? He is the one who calls us out of darkness and into the light. He is the one who calls us to do more with our faith than just make it part of our lives, but to make faith the very fabric of who we are. Faith in Jesus. So my challenge to you this morning is for you to take a look at yourself and ask yourself if faith is just a part of your life. Or if faith in Jesus is absolutely essential to your very breath and how you live. And secondly, are you trying to be a secret disciple? Or have you left the darkness to walk with Christ in the light? Lord, uh, we need you desperately. Even if we aren't acknowledging how desperately we need you, we need you, Jesus. Most of us in here, regardless of age, has already tried fixing ourselves time and time again, and we can't. Lord, teach us that that open-handed, receiving posture. Maybe first the, the, the hands-up posture of, I surrender, Lord. I surrender, Lord. I, I surrender to your plans and your desires, God. I know you're a perfect and awesome and loving God. I surrender, Lord. And then that open-handed posture of, okay, Lord, I receive. I receive your plan your desire, your will for my life, Lord.